It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Tuesday all across Broncos country, wherever you are at. From the South Stands to the end zone, you are Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on social media and make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider for daily folks. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, daily exclusive coverage of the Denver Broncos here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi and this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season and Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it Pepsi made for football watching and ladies and gentlemen on today's episode Lockdown Broncos we're going to go through our Broncos news and notes the Broncos got the injury prognosis on tight end Albert Okwebin, and we talk about how long he's going to be out, the impact of his injury, what's ahead. We hear from Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. What are the hopes for the Broncos returning several guys back to practice? Could the Broncos bring a specific cornerback back into the fold? Plus, we get into text message Tuesday with listeners of Broncos country. We answer some questions whether or not Drew Locke is broken or cracked, or if his confidence is completely shot, how the Broncos can get the run game going with this offense, and also, will the Broncos make a change at offensive coordinator after the season? Would it benefit the team to do so? These are just some of the questions that listeners all across Broncos country asked on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, and we're going to answer that for you here as well. So ladies and gentlemen, let's kick things off right here, Broncos country, getting into our Broncos news and notes. We saw that Broncos tight end, our Oak Wabenum left the game against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday with a knee injury he went down after a seven-yard reception and appeared to be in some agony. And it is, in fact, confirmed that he is going to be out for the entire 2020 NFL season with a torn ACL. A big blow to the Broncos offensively because Albert Okwebunon was starting to get acclimated as a very important part of this offense. It was somebody that Drew Locke really targeted often since he made his return to the starting lineup as the quarterback. Albert Okwebunon seen probably the most targets outside of Jerry Judy. Those have been the two guys for Drew Locke. And now now, Drew Locke is going to have to find another guy to be able to go to, whether it's Noah Fant, but the Broncos have some issues in terms of injuries right now at tight end, and that's why Troy Fumagalli is likely going to sign to the practice squad. He went through his COVID protocol. It'll likely be that he's promoted to the active roster once Albert Okwebenam is placed on season-ending injured reserve. Just a big blow, and I think when we talk about this young Broncos offense, that's been the theme. You know, you have all these different pieces. You have all these different weapons. It's the second key offensive player to lose to an ACL injury outside of Cortland Sutton. And I think for this offense, just how, how much they're struggling, you talk about continuity, you talk about chemistry, it's hard to gain chemistry with your guys 
when you're losing them to injury, right? Or you're getting injured yourself. And I think that's been one of the issues that Drew Locke has experienced this season is not enough chemistry with the players on the football field. It's a work in progress. It takes time. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio met with the media yesterday and even talked about that for Drew Locke is that these guys got to get chemistry not only just in games, but they got to get it in practice as well. And KJ Handler's been a guy that's been getting more involved, obviously dealing with a hamstring injury all throughout the season. He's good right now, but he's still working on getting chemistry down pat with Drew Locke. And I think that's going to be a big difference maker as the season evolves. And we're going to get into some of our things that we believe that the Broncos and Drew Locke need to do the rest of the way here. But outside of that, I think the silver lining within this is that, you know, it's the next man up mentality. This is a Broncos football team that has been so resilient despite the amount of injuries. I mean, if you go on Twitter, you're going to see Ryan Green of CBS actually posted the graphic, the amount of players and the amount of key role players for this Broncos team, whether the starters or the rotational guys that are out, it's astronomical. You don't see many NFL teams, maybe besides the San Francisco 49ers that are dealing with this type of injury bug right now, but Denver's been bit in the biggest way to some of the biggest players this season. And it's just unfortunate, but it's not an excuse. And Vic Fangio will never use it as an excuse. It's now the next man up mentality. So the tight ends will be Noah Fant, Nick Vanette, and Troy Fumagalli for at least this point forward until Andrew Beck and Jake Butt come back from their hamstring injuries as well that put them on IR. They have that three-week window where they can't play. So a few weeks before we get to see those guys back into the fold more than likely. But in terms of other guys coming back from injuries, Vic Fangio had mentioned in his Monday press conference with the media that he is hopeful that cornerback A.J. Boye, cornerback Bryce Callahan, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and offensive guard Graham Glasgow can return to practice this week and play on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't think I need to remind you guys, going back and watching the game film, we've got our Broncos film room as well on YouTube coming out this week. We take a look at the Broncos secondary. We take a look at some of the plays where things went wrong for Denver. We can take a look at the offense once again in our film series there on the YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL. But it was evident as day that A.J. Boye and Bryce Callahan were missed by this Broncos team because Broncos rookie cornerback Michael Ojemudi, as we talked about yesterday, you know, he's had a very, very good season for a rookie. But Sunday was one of those games where I felt like he just regressed in a sense. He didn't look like the normal Michael Ojemudi that we've been accustomed to seeing. He comes up and he tries to hit people really hard. He doesn't try to wrap up and secure the tackle. He tries to hit them. and Or he's just getting bodied or stiff-armed by bigger guys. And so he's going to have to make some adjustments in his game. And I, I don't know what can be attributed to it, really. But it, it, the last couple of weeks have been a little concerning for me about Michael Ojemudi as tackling as of late in comparison to the beginning of the season. Because... He's a good tackler coming in from Iowa. He was a good tackler the first part of the season. The last couple of weeks, though, he has really struggled with consistency in the tackling department. So that's something he's going to have to get going as well. I think it was evident his day that the Broncos did miss Shelby Harris. Having him back against the Raiders would be big. He understands where Derek Carr's throw trajectory is across the middle of the field. He always gets his hands up and bats passes down against Derek Carr. So Shelby Harris is going to be a big factor this week for the Broncos. And then Graham Glasgow, I think coming back and, and plugging in at right guard, I think will be great because he is a very very good option for Denver. He's a better option than what Schlotman has presented. And nothing against Schlotman. I just don't think that Schlotman was ready to really be that starter there and to get those starter plays. But, you know, with injuries, you have to be the starter. You have to get those reps. You have to learn trial by fire. He's still developing. and He's got a lot of promising tools that can be developed. But outside of that, it was just a rough show against the Atlanta Falcons. And, and the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be no different. They're going to be very aggressive with how they blitz the Broncos offensively. And Denver's going to have to adjust. 
But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our text message Tuesday with listeners all across Broncos Country at 303-529-6323. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Pepsi and Axon Taser. Now, with Pepsi, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season, folks. And Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. The Broncos will travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders this Sunday and you need Pepsi to get you through the game. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And our good friends over there at Axon Taser. Now, protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. And the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or your purse. Yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry many unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker. And it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. And they use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, which allows you the time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. And now you can own a Taser, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or the Taser Strike Light at Taser.com with promo code NFL and save 15% now at Taser.com promo code NFL. It's spelled T-A-S-E-R.com promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tuesday is one of my favorite episodes of Lockdown Broncos because it gives me a chance to interact with you a lot more on a personal level. And you can do that through texting me at 303-529-6323. Text message Tuesday, Twitter Tuesday. I don't always get to see all my Twitter interactions, so I've opened it up to my text message number through community at 303-529-6323. On Mondays, I send the people who have added themselves to my contact list a text message prompting them for their Broncos questions, and then I answer them here on the show. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to kick things off here on Text Message Tuesday. We're going to start things off with Justin Minyard. He says, how much of a leash is Drew Locke on? I still count him as a rookie. Uh, Justin, I think this is an interesting question here because really right now, I think the flux of where the Denver Broncos are at offensively, I think we all know that the offense has struggled and there's times where Drew Locke has looked great. There's times where he has not looked so good. And it's just about a combination of what do the Broncos and Drew Locke need to do to have common ground? I said it last week after the Chargers game is what do the Broncos and Pat Sherman this offense have to do to marry to each other to find common ground I don't think Drew Locke is on much of a leash at all he's given the keys to be the guy for the rest of this season and I believe the Broncos are going to give him a chance as well going into next season because you factor in all the injuries on the offensive side of the ball you factor in a first year offensive system with Pat Shermer these are all things that the organization is taking into their consideration now nothing is final right anything can change at any point in time but Drew Locke is 
is the guy for the 2020 NFL season, barring an injury at this point. And I agree with you, Justin. I still think that he is a rookie. I think this is essentially his rookie season. He needs more time, and you got to take the good with the bad. However, he has to improve in some of the bad, right? The mechanics, the footwork, the sometimes drifting out of a clean pocket, rolling to the right side. He's got to find a time to step up in the pocket. But on, on Sunday against the Falcons, I don't fault him too much going back and, and watching the game tape because there was pressure coming constantly from the interior that was forcing him to roll out to his right and then the right side of the offensive line so the left side defense was staying home and that made it difficult for Drew to be able to throw the ball on the run. A lot of people have said that Drew Locke can throw the ball really well while he's running. I think Drew Locke is better suited as being in the pocket and delivering strikes downfield. I don't think he's better on the run. I feel like that's actually one of his weaker spots to his game. My man Anthony Peters is up next. He says, what are the keys to the offense avoiding getting off to a slow start against the Las Vegas Raiders? Here's the deal. The Broncos offensively are going to be going up against a very stingy Raiders defense led by Max Crosby. And a lot of people have tried to trash the Raiders defensively. Look, they've had their struggles. They've had their issues, but they are very aggressive. They fly to the football. They generate turnovers and they try to get in your face. And if we've seen any team like Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Atlanta Falcons, what they've done defensively They've seen it so often. We're going to see the same thing from the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to walk their inside linebackers up, though. However, into the A-gap, they're going to show blitz. Sometimes they're going to come. Sometimes one's going to come. Sometimes both are going to drop back. Sometimes one is going to drop back. One's going to blitz. But they're going to try to send Max Crosby up the field from the defensive end position from the left side to the right side. I imagine they're going to put him on the right side of the uh, the Broncos' offensive line side in this game against DeMar Dotson. If he does play, if not, it's going to be against Jake Rogers there. Uh, It's the Broncos just can't find themselves going backwards. That's been the trend, and they did that against Atlanta. Their first play of the game, they got three yards by Phillip Lindsay against the Falcons. Then they had a 32-yard pass by Drew Locke to Noah Fan on a catch and run, and then they went backwards after that. From that moment forward, they went backwards after those first two plays, and that's the issue. It's all about continuity, and the Broncos offense has a lot of things they have to fix, but I would say avoiding those situations early on. Look, you're going on the road. You can't find yourself down. If you find yourself down right at the very beginning of the game, it's going to be tough to overcome come against the Raiders. The Raiders are 5-3. and three. They're a damn good football team. As much as Broncos fans hate the Raiders, they are a good football team this year. They're well coached right now. Derek Carr is playing some of the best football of his entire career, and they have offensive weapons that are just getting downfield too. So uh, to be honest with you, Anthony, that's the scary part about this game. JJ Jackson says, do you think that Drew Locke is broken or at least cracked? It seems like he sulks on the sideline, but he says all the right things. Uh, JJ, I wouldn't agree with this. Look, I, I think Drew Locke during a game, look, he is frustrated. There are times where things aren't going well, and And look, I could tell you this based on people I've spoken to inside the Broncos organization inside that locker room is that nobody is harder on himself than Drew Locke. And you're not going to see that in the media. You're really not going to see that on the sideline. The camera will pan to him at times, but Drew Locke is very critical of himself. And of course, he's got to deal with all the media noise. He's dealing with Colin Coward calling him out on national media, you know, things like that. He's dealing with a lot of noise. He's dealing with local media calling him out. Look, Drew Locke is a young quarterback, and he's trying to find his way into the NFL. He's trying to find a sustainable path to being the guy for the Broncos long-term, but he's got a lot he's got to work on. I don't think he's broken or at least cracked, but look, I, I'd say that when you take a couple of shots in the beginning of a game like you did against the Falcons, it's going to shoot your confidence to want to be able to stay in the pocket a little bit, and that was something that stood out to me on film. Drew Locke consistently on Sunday against the Falcons had a linebacker or a defensive tackle in his face consistently almost on every other play. 
There is an issue going on right now with the Broncos offense. It's related to not only just play calling, quarterback play, protection issues, communication. It's all of that stuff combined, and it's got to get fixed. Ian Mesta says, would it be detrimental to Drew Locke's career and development to bring in another offensive coordinator next season? Ian, this is a great topic of discussion. I was actually talking about this with Ryan Edwards of Broncos Country tonight. I, and going back to Drew Locke's career, I, I graduated from Missouri uh, the same year that Drew Locke did. And the thing that Drew Locke has experienced in his career as a quarterback, especially at the collegiate level, He's had a new offensive coordinator almost every year, right? And I think that having a new OC every single year has impacted his development, has hurt his development as a quarterback. He went round two to Denver, but I think there were some missed developmental traits that didn't get touched on in college. We know that he could throw the deep ball. We know when he stands in the pocket and he can go through his reads, he can take apart a defense, he can fit balls into tight windows. But then we we see this collectiveness where he still has that tendency to throw off of his back foot. He still has a tendency to roll out to his right and throw across his body when he doesn't need to. These are things that can be worked on, but it's going to take thousands and thousands of reps, stuff that you get in OTAs and mini camp and training camp and a standard preseason. You get all those reps combined there. It does help. And I think for Drew Locke, if the Broncos were to fire Pat Shermer and go with a new OC, that would mean that Drew Locke would be entering hypothetically next season a, as a six consecutive season in a row for him in his playing career with a new offensive coordinator. That will not help him in his development. I think that will ruin him. I think it will ruin his confidence. It will ruin his chances at the NFL. The Broncos need to try at least another year with Pat Shermer at OC and Drew Locke at quarterback to really get a determining factor. Is he really the guy? And our next one comes in from Scott Brown. He says, how can Denver get the run game going early on with this patched up offensive line? I think it'll help when you get Graham Glasgow back, but the Broncos have to find a a way to get positive yards. Like I said, their first play against Atlanta, they got three yards. That was great because that's three more yards than what Denver's been used to getting on first down all season long. And it's about what they do on second and seven. It's about what they do on second and five. It's what they do on third and three. That really matters there. But Denver has a tendency and teams are really trying to stuff the run to force the Broncos to pass the football. That's been their game plan. They're going to send heavy pressure. That way, if you do run the football, it's going to be very hard for you to find a consistent lane to get open for your running back. And then if you pass it, well, they're going to get pressure in your face and it's going to lead to an opportunity for takeaways or it's going to lead to an opportunity for stops. The Broncos have to find that balance. And I really think it's just communication. It's doubling down on whether it's the one tech, whether it's the three tech and, and wherever the linebacker is working your way up to him. If it's an outside run, you got to have consistency consistent blocking off the off the exterior. I thought Noah Fant did a really good job for Denver against the Falcons on Sunday with his blocking on the outside. But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to continue with our text message Tuesday with some listeners all across Broncos Country. Some more amazing questions coming into the fold. But before we do that, I got to tell you about the two other sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at BuiltGo and SportsBetting.com. And BuiltGo makes you the best you at whatever you do and helps you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or a a physical wall break through it with go every single day I had to break through a wall last week it was a rough week for me overall today I got back to work and I had to find a way to break through the wall it usually comes for me around 9 a.m. because I'm up at 4 o'clock a.m. and then I have that caffeine kick that just makes me tired at 9 a.m. and so I use built go to help energize me for the rest of my day I put it on a piece of toast in the office and I also use it before I record the podcast sometimes and built go is the best workout gel on the market it's five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural 
natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors. That's chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, and peanut butter honey. How does Built Go work so well? Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen-based protein. And collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. And Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work like beta-alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. It also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go Broncos country. And our good friends over there at sportsbetting.com. Ladies and gentlemen, sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and they are the authority on sports betting. With their own in house bookmakers, sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice. That means the best prices for you. And if you're a new player at sportsbetting.com, you can get a welcome bonus up to $1,000 and a risk free week of sports betting. And if you're already registered and signed up at sportsbetting.com for the state of Colorado, you can take part in some of their awesome promotions like Two for Tuesday. It's Tuesday today, so place a bet on any sport on Tuesday and you get equal value in free bets. Or you could take part in their overtime pay where you can get your money back if your team loses in overtime. Sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't-lose offers on first touchdown in NFL action. Get your action on the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash Broncos. We're continuing on here with Text Message Tuesday with listeners all across Broncos country. And if you missed out this week on getting your text message, your Broncos questions answered at 303-529-6323, you still have all the time in the world to add yourself to my contact list. And I'll also add you to mine. Love interacting with Broncos country there on the text thread, 303-529-6323. But with that said, let's continue on here. Jared Patesmeyer says, what will it take for Pat Shermer to allow Locke and company to come out aggressive and use Philip Lindsay more effectively? Jared, you know, this is a question I think many people have been talking about for this Broncos offense. I know certainly I have, uh, but I've also been the proponent of saying that you can't find yourself down 20 to 3 at halftime. You can't find yourself down 17 to 3 early on in the game because you have to find a way to get points to cut that deficit because when you run the ball, guess what happens? Time runs off the clock. And I'm not saying you want to get into a pass happy status either. You have to find a little bit of a balance, but if you effectively run the ball, and this is an issue that the Broncos ran into last year against the Green Bay Packers. They had a lead and they tried to run the ball and then they lost the lead. Then they had to go away from running the ball because they were down by 14 points. They couldn't run the ball, even though they were running it effectively against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last season because of that. So, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Everyone says, why do the Broncos abandon the run? Well, when you're trailing, you can't really stick with the run, even though it gives you a little bit of momentum. Philip Lindsay, obviously, his 55-yard touchdown run against the Chargers gave the Broncos some life, but obviously it's a different story against the Atlanta Falcons where you really had no running lanes. The running game was not going for Denver. I'm not sure what it is that the Broncos have to get going to make it work, to, to be able to be more consistent with the rushing attack there. Philip Lindsay, however, does need more carries in my opinion he is the more effective tailback for Denver had to find a way to get him the ball more even out in space you got to get him involved in the passing game but I think that this is going to be a big test for the Broncos because they're going against a Raiders offense that is very explosive they throw the ball downfield they challenge almost every blade of grass that is on the football field and Denver can't get into this stalemate offense that they've been running the last couple of weeks right the fourth quarter has been great but it can't be just the fourth quarter it's got to be quarters one two and three you got to be able to put 60 minutes of a Efficient offensive football 
on the table. And what I mean by that is I watch all these other NFL teams and even some of the teams that are struggling. I'm watching some of these teams and the way that they're running the ball, the way that they're passing the ball, the way that they're moving the ball offensively makes me think that why does offense look so much easier for some of these other teams? To me, it's baffling. Just watching the Chargers, they make offense look so easy. Watching the Raiders, they make offense look so easy. Same thing with the Chiefs. The Broncos, the one team in the AFC West right now that don't scare anybody offensively and teams know that. And so that's how teams are are playing Denver. They're not playing scared of their offense. And I think it's absolutely disrespectful. But the Broncos had to do something to counteract that. Teams are playing back and saying, look, throw the ball. They want, they want the Broncos to throw the ball. But I just don't think that what the Broncos are doing right now bodes well with what Drew Locke is able to do as a quarterback. And I think there's got to be compromise between Pat Schirmer's scheme and what Drew Locke can do, what Drew Locke feels comfortable doing. That, to me, is what I'd like to see this week. Tom Walker is up next, and he asked the question, are the Broncos considering changing coaches again? How are they supposed to build and develop a system? I get that everybody wants to win, but forcing our young players to learn a third system in three years isn't going to accomplish that. Tom, I just want to add that you had the best response on today's text message Tuesday. The other responses have been great, but this is one that I resonate with so much because anytime something goes wrong with this Broncos football team, whether it be offense, defense, a play happens, the first instant reaction for fans is fire the coach, fire the head coach, fire the special teams coach, fire the defensive coach, fire everybody, fire the GM. I mean, I I get so tired of that talk because I think a lot of people have been so unrealistic about where this damn Broncos football team is. This is a real building football team and everyone has the expectation that this is a team that is destined for the playoffs this year that's supposed to make some noise that's supposed to go in as a wild card team and shock one of the higher seats that's not how this football team is designed right now you factor in all the injuries you factor in the offensive struggles this is not a playoff football team now if if a lot of these key injuries didn't happen if the you know Broncos still had Cortland Sutton if they had some momentum offensively maybe Maybe they're a playoff team, but this is a young team. And I think so many people are overlooking that, that they're just saying, look, just fire everybody. Let's just restart because here's the deal. Broncos fans are impatient. And I I certainly understand it because like I've said so many times on the show, I feel like I'm repeating myself is that this is an organization that has had such high standards. It has clouded people's judgment. Now this is year two of an actual rebuild. I see a lot of responses that say the Broncos have been rebuilding since 2015 ended. No, that's not the case, right? The Broncos did not rebuild in 2016. They were trying to figure out who the hell their quarterback was going to be after Peyton Manning retired. And then after Gary Kubiak had to step down, we all know that the Broncos, look, Broncos fans wanted Kyle Shanahan to come in, right? Here's the deal. That didn't happen. Joe Ellis vetoed it, right? We all know this. And so everyone is holding that against John Elway. Look, John Elway has his blemishes on his record as a general manager, but John Elway has done a good job in these last two years of putting together a coaching staff that has experienced coaches, that has a very, very young roster. We're seeing a lot of young guys playing a lot of football right now. We're seeing a lot of young guys developing, some guys being forced into development earlier than the Broncos wanted to actually play them, but they're stepping up to the table. And I think everyone's looking at the outcome of the games losing as a reason to just fire everybody. That's the problem with this organization. That's the problem with the fan base. They want to fire everybody after one season. And look, it's got to take time. I think the Broncos have the right head coach in place with Vic Fangio. His defense, his mentality, I can tell you this, based on several players that I have spoken to, they love Vic Fangio. They have sharpened that locker room, the culture inside that locker room to be very, very tight-knit, to be very resilient. It doesn't show up all the time when the 
end result of a game, right? Whether it's a win or whether it's a loss, but this is a football team that fights and they compete. They are never out of it. Even if they get down by a lot, they believe in each other. That's the one thing that I would really touch on, but not a lot of people understand that. And people hate me because I say that, but look, I'm being realistic. I've played this game. I've coached it. I've been around front office executives. I know exactly about the football administration side of things. I'm trying to tell you how the process works and you have to be patient as much as it pains me to say that you have to be patient because I myself, I am a very impatient person. But guess what, folks? We are all along for the ride. Me as a media member, I have no affiliation to a fandom, right? I cover the game. I cover the team and I I call it how I see it. I look at both sides, both good and bad. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. This is a team that is building something that can be special, but you have to give it time to build, folks. That's just my thing. I'm going to drop the mic right there. And uh, Tom, thank you for your question. We're going to move on to Eric Blackman. He says, what needs to be done for the Broncos to get a win against a tough Raiders team? The offense has to show up. And look, I don't think you can get into a shootout with the Las Vegas Raiders right now they're a more polished offense they're more consistent they have very strong rushing attack with Josh Jacobs Derek Carr as I mentioned earlier I think he's playing at a caliber of football that we saw him before he broke his leg that to me is a little scary because now he's got guys around him Nelson Aguilar is having a career year for him he's having new confidence down there in Las Vegas you have Henry Ruggs Hunter Renfro you have Darren Waller they have threats all across the board on the offensive side of the ball there and it's scary to think about because the Broncos defensively look I think think they can take their licks. I think they can take their bumps and bruises along the way. I think they can get key stops against this Raiders defense. If this offense is unable to get conversions, unable to get points, unable to move the ball, it's going to be a long game for this Broncos team on Sunday. That's that's just really the nice way of putting it. Uh, but Denver has to protect the football. Turning over the football is not going to be ideal. And what I mean by that, look, you can have one turnover game, but if it comes in the fourth quarter and a costly mistake, yeah, it's going to hurt you like the Broncos did against the Falcons on Sunday protect the football, have to get some sort of offensive rhythm going, and you have to get off the field defensively. I think that if guys like A.J. Boye, Bryce Callahan are out, it's going to be an absolutely ugly game. I know the Broncos have interest right now in potentially trying to sign Devontae Bosby back to the active roster. He was released yesterday by the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals want to sign him to the practice squad so he can learn the playbook a little bit more, but the Broncos may inquire about signing into the active roster. And if any indication... And if Sunday's game was any indication that the Broncos missed him, then if I were the Broncos, I would pay the man, sign him to the active roster, make his money guaranteed this year. That's what I would do. Christopher Allen is up next. He says, why do you feel the Broncos are struggling against the same defensive scheme that they've been seeing from their opponents? This is a great question, Chris. And we're actually going to touch on this a little bit in the film room on YouTube, Cody Work NFL. Uh, but I think the, the reason the Broncos are struggling is that teams are trying to figure out what is the best way to pressure Drew Locke, right? We've seen it where they're going to line a defensive tackle up in a one technique or a zero. They're going to slant or they're going to put him in an even front. They're going to send everybody up at the guard and at the tackles. They're going to leave the center to have to double team somewhere. And then they're blitzing that inside linebacker that's going to come free. Tampa Bay did it really well against Denver. They sent the nickel off the edge. They sent the strong safety off the edge against Denver and you're seeing teams do that more consistently. And I think for Denver, they've got to find a way to utilize a quick passing game that goes through what a hot route is when a blitz is coming from one side. They have to develop that terminology with one another. And then Curtis Jones, the final question of today's text message Tuesday, asked the question, is Drew Locke the guy? Should Denver consider drafting another quarterback this year? No. Here's the deal, folks. I think that you have to stick to course. You have to stick to course because I viewed this season as Drew Locke's rookie season, essentially. Forget what he did in the five games last year. That was a small sample size. This was the true rookie season for Drew Locke, and I think all in all, in total, he's going to get about a full 16 games, maybe 17 games total with the games that he missed this year, combine the five from last year and all the games he plays this year, you're going 
you're going to actually get a full legitimate season out of him. He needs another season with some of the weapons back like Cortland Sutton with another year in Pat Shermer's offensive system. And if it doesn't work after next year, then maybe you make the decision to look for a quarterback after that. But I don't think the Broncos should consider drafting a quarterback this year. I don't think that that would be the right trajectory for this football team. But that's just my opinion. And a lot could change from this point forward. But Broncos country, that'll do it for today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here on your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for engaging with us on Text Message Tuesday. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you like us on Facebook and make sure you hit that subscribe button. And you listen to the show five times per week, folks, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have an episode for you keeping you up to date with the latest news around Broncos country with objective coverage that you cannot get anywhere else. I'm Cody Rourke. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.